0: Jesse Lovick, welcome to Locked In, man. It's great to have you. You just drove, you know, a few hours from Pittsburgh to get out here. I, we met through email. You hit me up for the first time, a complete random stranger, and was like, hey, I'd love to come on your show. And this is the first time you're ever telling your story to an audience, and you have an insane story, and, you know, we're looking forward to hearing about it. What was your life like growing up? Like, What kind of family do you come from?
1: Lower class, I would say definitely lower class. Pop poverty, it's it's the ghetto. And what do your parents do for work? So my stepdad was a jitney driver. Um, he owned a concession stand, well owned and ran the concession stand that didn't work out. He he had a bar, um, as well. Uh, there was a lot of problems between him and my mom to where you know he was out cheating on her and doing things that he shouldn't have been doing. He was so focused on on that to where like he wasn't doing what he was supposed to be doing. Um, but there, there was very, a lot of verbal arguments there to where like yelling and screaming and like uh, some, sometimes could get, you know, a little bit physical, not, not like real physical, but I remember uh, sitting at the top of the steps with my sisters with the phone and my mom telling me, you know, um, whenever I tell you to call the cops, I want you to call the cops. You know, so it was kind of like that, that happened a lot.
0: And that's gotta be um, traumatic for a kid like you. And yeah. how what are you, like 10 years old at the time? Probably like nine, eight, nine, nine years old at and the time. How many siblings do you have? Uh, there's six of us. And your youngest, oldest, middle? So I'm the middle child, yeah. Did you, yeah. Were you guys close
1: growing up? Uh, yeah, we were, we were, we, we were pretty close. Um, Could have been closer, uh, but you know, we just didn't have that like togetherness. Um, it's something that my mom always wanted. And, uh, you know, she always wanted the the big dining room table that we all could sit around. But, uh, you know, we didn't really have sit-down dinners or anything like that because everything was so busy. But, um, yeah, there there was a lot of us. Uh, So there's actually, so my two oldest brothers, they got the same dad. Me and my sister, we got the same dad. And then my youngest brother and sister, they got the same dad. And that was my stepdad.
0: And you guys are all living in this one house together? Yeah,
1: we're all living in a house. Is yep. it
0: like a really small house?
1: Uh, I wouldn't say that it was a small house, but it wasn't like a, a big house, but it was like big enough for all of us. I remember, you know, there was a time to where uh, there was four of us in, in the one room to where with two beds. So, So that was kind of like, I guess, like kind of different in a sense. You know, I remember sharing a mattress.
0: And do you think that was normal compared to what other kids were doing or were you teased for that? What was like the dynamic with your friends? No,
1: so that didn't even really like come out to where like shared or anything like that. But like living situation wise, I feel like a lot of my friends, uh, they were living the same way. Um, Coming from these broken homes, like I said, I I was living with my stepdad. Um, My my dad was in and out of jail a lot Um, and he wasn't really there. And I'm sure that he wanted to be there, you know what I mean? But he had his own problems going on. Uh, he, Let me back up a little bit. So he actually was there uh, for a little bit until we were about maybe eight, nine years old. And then uh, he kind of just stopped coming to get us. And I guess, I don't know if he was in jail or, you know, he was into drugs or whatever he was into, um, yeah, he just stopped.
0: Did that motivate you to want to do more with your life? Or did you kind of want to like follow down his footsteps in that sense?
1: At the time, I was so young to where I needed guidance. And I didn't have the guidance. You know, a lot of us in that neighborhood did not have the guidance.
0: So do you think not having the guidance led you to start hanging out with bad people, bad friends, and doing things you maybe shouldn't have been doing?
1: Yeah, 100, 100%. Because whenever you're young like that, um, there should be some kind of father figure there that's staring you in a direction and that really wasn't there because like I said my stepdad he he was he would hustle you know so he was always on the go always on the move you know he would take cat naps he wouldn't really sleep he'd take four hour naps on the couch and then he'd be back at it you know and it's like there wasn't really like yeah there really wasn't that structure there you know and uh it led it led me on a path to to destruction for real for, my, for myself without the guidance you know because like okay so growing up in, a, in this environment right you see all these other people all your other friends like kids are smoking weed at 10 years old uh, I remember walking home from school uh, this was elementary school and the one kid said say I won't punch him in the face say you won't just like you know what I mean you won't and he went up there and just like dropped him And you were just following along with this too? Yeah, like just like, okay, that was cool, you know? And and not cool, but like laughing about it, you know? But maybe feeling bad in a sense, in the same way, I just didn't know how to, I didn't know myself at that time. You know what I mean? It's like, I was a people person.
0: You were trying to find like your identity, I guess.
1: Yeah, but I was so young though, I was like nine years old, you know, and like stuff like that to where like, That's a lot of pressure
0: to put on a nine-year-old to try to figure himself out with no, like, father figure or anything.
1: Yeah, especially with your environment when it's so run down like that, like, garbage everywhere. Just, like, I remember the uh, older kids in the neighborhood, they used to call the cops on themselves so that they could run from the police. Like, it was cool to run from the police. I remember, you know, a couple houses up, uh, the one kid would—the police actually— we're looking for him and he's hiding on his porch roof laying down you know so it's like you see those things I remember you know seeing um, looking out my uh, living room window and seeing an armed robbery across the street from me happening a uh, guy had a bag I guess that he owed the guy some money he was crackhead or something like that owed him some money and robbed him right there and I was nine years old at that point too you know and like just seeing those things and then like uh, so whenever I talked should i say like just keep going people being you man okay i just want to make sure i'm using the right like terms like these people or this just just
0: be you man
1: okay so like there was even a time to where like my mom really went and put up with like the drug dealers in a sense yeah and there's he would just walk up and down the street counting his money all day but you see these things when you're a kid you know Yeah, like i knew about uh people selling drugs and i was aware of people selling crack and I was aware of, you know, robberies and, like, just all of that. And I feel like that's really bad for someone so young. But that's how it is for, you know, a lot of people in those types of communities. Um, but, yeah, he would just count his money up and down, up and down. My mom used to stand on the corner because she grew up with him, you know. Yeah. Be like, drug deal, drug deal, yelling down the street, you know. Like, not snitching, but just basically saying, like, just get that, like, I got kids here. Like, you know what I mean? Like stuff like that. So like she wasn't really like snitching on him or anything like that. She was just like I guess just like verbal. She's very verbal. Like she wasn't scared to like speak her mind or say anything. Yeah. Which is I guess a good trait to have in a sense. Yeah. And especially when you got so many kids. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um but there was that and then uh there was this one time to where I was uh I was walking on my street and there was this kid Older kid, and uh, he was teaching me how to break into cars. And I was 10 years old at this point.
0: Is this the first time you ever committed a crime?
1: So I didn't I didn't commit a crime, but this is the first altercation I had with police um, based on the guy that I was with. to um, so where we're walking up the street, and he's looking in the cars, and he's trying to pop handles. He had a Mercedes on him, long knife, you know. Get up to the basketball court. There's probably like 10 to 15 people in there. Next thing you know, there's seven cop cars come pulling up, zipping all around, laid everybody down on a basketball court. I'm 10 years old, you know, like, and that was my first run in with the police, not running like personally, but my first experience, like I was laying on the ground in a basketball court and they walked over to the guy and picked a machete out of his, you know, out of his uh, pants. And it's like, that's not good for a young child to like yeah this is developing around. in your mind yeah. at that young age a lot of fights happening at the park as well i remember uh, watching uh this one kid said that kobe bryant was his family member or something like that and he got bullied for saying that they stomped on his head like they were like literally like stomping on his head which is really crazy too just the violence you know yeah um
0: now, I know you end up committing a crime when you're 15 that we'll get into, but was there anything before that, like after this 10-year-old self, you're, you're exposed to crime and whatnot, do you start seeing yourself committing small crimes like shoplifting or anything like yeah, that? Yeah,
1: yeah. So I actually, uh, I got caught shoplifting at Schwartz's Market on Warrington Avenue, like the, the main strip in the, the neighborhood.
0: Is that the first thing you've ever done
1: illegally? Yeah, that was the first thing.
0: And why'd you do that? Like, you were just like, let me try this? Or was it about the money or?
1: I had two friends with me that, that walked into the store with me and, you know, and they took something. So I, I decided I was going to take something too. And uh, I guess I just followed, I, I followed.
0: Did you know it was wrong?
1: No, see, I, I think that I, I was aware that it was wrong, but I don't feel like I was aware of my awareness. Like of who i who I was, you know what I mean it's like I was aware of my decisions, but I wasn't aware of myself
0: and you were just trying to fit in with the crowd yeah
1: and and in a sense trying to fit in, but at the same time it's like that was that's what was like projected on us if you think about like the environment that I was that, that, that I was in and the people that I was surrounded around and the, I feel like the music played a really big part in that as well um you know get Richard die trying. Fifty Cent, you know. I remember having that CD, and like, there wasn't really like, "Don't listen to this" or "Don't listen to that." It was just like I could do whatever I want, and it kind of like led me to just like, that's what I was attracted to. Yeah, you know.
0: So by the time you're 15 years old, you end up, you know, committing an armed uh, assault robbery type setting. What what happens that day, and what exactly do you do?
1: So. So previously though, I was breaking into a lot of cars at like fourteen. Fourteen I was breaking into tons of cars. Um drinking, smoking weed at twelve years old and, and all that stuff too. So it was like real bad there. But so you want me to tell you how it went down? Yeah, yeah. All right, so how it went down is uh so I had I had a gun. I had a nine millimeter. Um
0: why does a fifteen year old need a gun and how do you get that gun?
1: So What happened was is I ended up getting robbed at a bus stop, and I got jumped by three older people. Like, they were a lot older than I was. (coughs) Excuse me. There was a lot. So I got, I was sitting at a bus stop uh, waiting to get home. It was like 12 o'clock at night. 15 years old last bus running all by myself um, they came up to me asked me if they if they could use my phone so I went to go give them my phone and got they punched me in the face so I got up real quick and the next thing you know I'm surrounded so I was a lot younger than them at the time too you know and uh, so that really got my mind going it's like okay I got robbed so like like made it okay for like
0: so you thought you needed a gun for protection. Yeah. Yeah, and definitely thought easy? that I needed
1: a gun for protection at a time. See, I don't want to say that though because I really didn't get into like wanting a gun for protection until really like a later on that that was just like that really like sparked something in me whenever that happened. Cuz what happened is is uh I actually I stole my brother's gun.
0: That day that you commit a robbery?
1: No, probably like a week before that. Okay. About a week before I, Uh, we committed, or I committed that robbery, a week before I committed that robbery, uh, I stole my brother's gun. Um, He drove me to school, and I felt underneath the seat, and I felt a gun underneath the seat, and so I knew it was there, and at the time, like, I mean, from 13, 14, and 15, all of that stuff was, like, cool, in a sense. It was, like, you start small, and then it, like, just builds up. But, like, that's what everybody else is doing. You know, it's, like, you don't divide yourself from that unless you're a leader. Like, a strong one, and you have values and, like, all that stuff. And, like, that's stuff that wasn't really taught to us in a sense, you know. And uh, so I uh, took Germany uh, school one morning. Um, probably like maybe, maybe a week or two after, you know, I felt the gun underneath the seat. Um, I took the gun and I caught the PAT bus to school because there wasn't school buses. We caught city buses. So I had to catch two buses to get to, to get to high school. Um, and instead of going to school, so I got a nine millimeter on my hip, 15, instead of going to school, I went to my, my friend's house, showed him. We ain't go to school that day.
0: And you thought it was cool, just like have this gun or so, oh,
1: let me see that. Yeah, it was like it was like that. That's cool. It's like it's a pistol. You know, you're 15.
0: And did you want to like hurt anyone, or you just you're just thinking it's cool because you're 15 years old?
1: See, that's kind of like it's tough to say, right? Because it's like the attention wasn't like oh, I'm gonna go out there and really like cause harm on people. It was kind of just like subconsciously just going with like everything that I have has taken in from, you know, all of my experiences previously from that, because I had a lot of experiences previously from that. And like with the music and everything like that, it's just like that, that I guess that was like the cool thing. And if you look around the neighborhood, a lot of people are getting killed and a lot of people are getting shot, you know, and like, there's a lot of things happening. So like, there's probably multiple things going through your mind at the time. Did you ever shoot a gun by that point in time? No, I didn't shoot a gun at that time.
0: So you just had it, and you thought it was cool. You guys were listening to rap songs. You heard about it on TV, whatever.
1: Yeah. So what
0: do you guys end up deciding to do? You skip school. You have this gun. Where does it end up?
1: So for about a week, about a week straight, we was running around just robbing people. Just robbing wherever. Just robbing people wherever.
0: What Um, are you robbing, and what are you taking?
1: So, you know, we went into these apartment complexes, just random people there. We went to nothing. We wasn't even really like, it wasn't like, uh, we were robbing, like, you know, somebody that sold drugs or somebody that did this. We were just, like, running around with the gun.
0: And you're 15 years old.
1: That's what I mean. A child, at, a child with a gun at 15, they should not have guns at 15 years old. Do you
0: ever think that you're, like, terrorizing some of these individuals? Because imagine, like, what they could be thinking. Like, if they're getting robbed with a gun, like, that's life-threatening right there. Do you ever think about that? Or in that moment, did you think, hey, I'm hurting people? Not even physically,
1: but, like, emotionally? So not at the time because it was, like, subconscious, but that just gave me the chills since you said that because, like, reflecting on that, there's pain that comes that comes up now. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's, like, you don't realize that, and that's where, like, the guidance comes into play, and that's where, like, I held that resentment against my father and stuff like that because it's, like, where where was that? Why, why was I so free at a young age, you know, in this environment?
0: Now, are you guys making money from these robberies? No. Nah. So you're just getting whatever, like a few bucks. It's not really worth if it. If
1: anything, it was more like just like, just to do it.
0: So what's the robbery that happens that you end up getting arrested for?
1: So it's, uh, it was the playoffs. It was, uh, Buffalo Bills and, uh, the Patriots in, uh, 2008.
0: And how old are you? 15.
1: Uh, 15. Okay. 15, 2008. And, uh, it was me and, uh, my two, me and my two friends were at my house, um, And we had a plan that we were going to, you know, go hit a lick, what we would call it, go hit a lick, and grab a case of 40s for the playoff game, you know. And uh, we're at my house, and my mom looked at me. She said, why don't you guys just watch the game here, you know. No, 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 because Southside, like, we're in the city, so it's like Southside's the main strip or whatever. Like, there's a lot going on around the neighborhood, you know. So, uh she wanted us to stay, stay at home because she had a bad feeling, she said. She said, I got a really bad feeling, Jess. I said, you ain't got nothing to worry about. Like, we're fine, you know? Like, And then she, uh, she said, well, she looked at my one friend and she said, so whenever I don't mention names, right? I know I, I don't want to overthink it. Whenever I like don't meant want to mention names. Should I say like my friend? I yeah, don't want to keep saying my friend, my friend, my friend. Whatever you want to say. Okay, cool, cool. Just check it. So she looked at my friend and she said, uh, "I want you to give me your phone number. I want you to give me your telephone number and your address for whenever the cops call me, I'm gonna call your mom." So she knew something was. She you guys knew were up to she good. had the feeling. She had the gut feeling. And that, that's giving me the chills right now.
0: So do you think if you had that father figure to say, hey, don't go out today or don't do this, your life would have
1: been so much different? Absolutely. I would have had some discipline in my life. If she had
0: told you don't do this, would you have listened or not? No, nah, not at all. So you guys go against what she's thinking. And where do you guys end up? Where do you go?
1: So we, uh, we left my house. So we left my house. We're uh, walking down towards Southside. And how it is is, like, there's Arlington. It, there's, it goes up and over. That's like the slopes. So, like, we're in Arlington. We walk up and over. Some lady decides to ask us if we need a ride down the hill. And, you know, I'm sitting there. I got a 9 millimeter on my hip. You know, I was the one carrying it. I'm 15. You know, I got my boy next to me. I got my boy in the front seat. This was an older lady. You know, like, anything could have happened there. Especially because, like, not to go off, but, like, my boy next to me, he was, like, real ghetto, like, real involved, you know? Like, yeah. he was, like, real deep into, like, just his family. His his upbringing was real bad. You know what I mean? Like, he he's already punched a cop in the face, and he's the same age as me. So, like, he's been a placement, whatever. So she takes us down, drops us off, and uh, we go to walk down the city steps to go down to the, the flats, we call it, South Flats, and we're sitting there for a minute and uh some guy comes walking up so our objective was to go rob somebody to come up with enough money to buy a case of 40s for the game
0: which is what like 20 or 30 bucks
1: yeah like 25 dollars
0: so you guys are risking your freedom you know you're committing a crime just for this little amount of money yeah couldn't you just ask someone for the money probably so you weren't thinking you just thought it was cool to like get this adrenaline rush for like the crime
1: yeah, I, I, I think that that has something to do with it. And I'll get a little bit deeper into that yeah. late, later on in the interview. But I, I think that that has something to do with this, the adrenaline rush that comes with it. And it's the like, this is my click. This is who, who we are. Because there's multiple clicks, And I jumped around between like, not really jumped around, but I was cool with everybody. Yeah. Like I was a people person, you know what I mean? But it's like.
0: So what happens now? That, do you guys rob this guy? What, what exactly goes down?
1: So what happened was is the guy comes walking up. I got the, I got the nine millimeter on my hip. And my friend looks at me, says, look, they call me, look, look, give me the gun. Or he said, he said, let me back up. He said, uh, let's go, let's get him." I was like, chill, bro. Like, we don't even know what he has. You know, it doesn't look like he has anything. He has tight pants on, you know, he doesn't really like, you know, no book bag, nothing. He said, uh. Look, quit being a bitch. Give me the gun. What'd I do? I gave him the gun. You know, so whenever I gave him the gun, he walked up, and he he said something to him. The guy turned around, and he pointed the 9 millimeter at his face. And whenever he pointed it at his face, the guy said, that's a fake gun. We're kids. You know, he said, that's a fake gun. So my boy popped the clip out, showed him the clip, put it back in, cocked it back, and then aimed it at his head. And the guy was still, like, he was scared, but, like, he wasn't, like, oh, you know what I mean? Like, he was older. He was probably, like, 25, you know? So he started giving him a little bit of trouble, like, just the feedback, just the conversation. So me and my boy, they they, they were having an altercation up there. We're probably, like, 15 feet away. No, I want to say, like, we're probably, like, 25 feet away. So we go to walk up to, like, give him some assistance. And then we start beating him up. Like beating we just up start the guy. jumping the guy. Yeah, we start beating the guy up. He's trying to get away. And, you know, my other boy's pulling back. And uh, I wasn't going as hard, but, like, I, w- I was present. Like, I was still there. You know what I mean? And, and are you and thinking
0: I was, at all, like, this isn't what I signed up for or anything like that? No. You were just, you are going with it. You were following the lead of, of your boy. Yeah. So you start beating this guy up. What happens next?
1: So he gets away. He hops over the fence. He starts pounding on this door. So as he's pounding on the door, my two boys walking away. I'm like, what are you guys doing? You guys are walking. We got to run. We got to go. The cops are about to be here. You know what I mean? Like, I I know for a fact he's about to, the cops are about to be looking for us. So then we start running. Uh, Next thing you know, all we hear is sirens. So we hit a little cut. So we hit a cut. We're in between these two houses. We decide to split up um there's cop cars everywhere so now it's kind of like cat and mouse you know so like we're on the south side slopes like our freedom's on the line but at the same time it's like a game you know what i mean it's like okay we got to get away like we get boom so we split up my one boy goes down a smart right go down the hill me and my other boy we go up the hill next thing you know we're walking down the street Cop car rides past us, keeps going. We're like, oh shit, you know, nerves going. We're thinking, like, oh. Next thing you know, another cop comes down. Hey, stop right there. There are steps right next to us. And we just darted, we just booked it down the steps, boom, because, you know, got the gun on us. Ran down the steps. We hit a cut. Now we're running up a hill. So we're running up these backyards. And I remember running, and I'm running out of breath. I'm running, running, running. And uh, I ran out of breath. I stopped, so I tried to hide underneath this fence. My boy looked at me, and he was like, come on. What are you doing? Come on. I'm like, I'm good, bro. You know, I'm, I'm hiding. 15, you know what I mean? There's, there's cops. They're old. They're, they're not dumb, you yeah, know, know what I mean? It's like, it. they I think guys. I'm hiding underneath of a fence, you know? Next thing you know. I got seven guns drawn on me. Uh,
0: What's going through your mind when the guns are drawn on you?
1: I don't got a gun on me.
0: Did you ditch the gun with or your friend ditched the gun?
1: He, he had it on him. He okay. kept going. But what was going through my mind is like, oh, shit, they're about to, they might shoot me. You yeah. know, like, so first thing I'm saying, I don't, I don't got a gun on me. Boom. So I got arrested.
0: Did they arrest your other friends or they didn't catch them?
1: They didn't, they didn't catch them until a little bit later on. So whenever they caught me. I'm sitting there in handcuffs. There's about six cop cars. Uh, the victim rode past in the cop car and said, yeah, that was one of them. Um, and it uh, took me to a police station. I'm shackled now at this point, shackled to a bench, uh, just sitting there. I'd say about an hour and a half later, my other boy comes walking down with his head down.
0: He got caught.
1: He got caught. And I looked up at him and I was like, damn, they got you too, bro. Like, that's the first thing I said was like, they got you too, you know? And he's like, yep.
0: And you guys are like in the county jail.
1: Uh, so at this point, we're just in like the the police station the on booking. the south side. Okay. Um. So we're sitting down there for a little while. And what's crazy is like how my mom said like, I'm going to call your mom kind of thing to my one friend. Well, that's the friend that got away. So what's crazy is like, My mom called, just what she said she was going to do, his mom, and said, hey, just want to let you know that they uh, caught yada, yada, yada. My mom probably thought that they caught all of us. You know, she didn't know. So next thing you know, I'm sitting down there at the police station. The phone rings, and it's my other boy's mom that got away there. And she's like, that motherfucker, what did he do? That yada, yada, yada. He's, excuse my language, he's yelling, or she's yelling this and that. He didn't even get caught. So she's throwing his name in it. You and know that's how they catch him or? And well, they didn't get him. Okay. Um, and what's like, like your like,
0: first conversation with your mom like?
1: So the first conversation with my mom?
0: After you get arrested?
1: After I got arrested. That that was the that was that point was a blur. That point was a blur because what happened was is like I didn't get a chance to talk to her. So me and my boy, it's probably like 8 o'clock at night. We did this probably around like, I'd say like 3 o'clock or so. Um, they take us to, uh, to another police station to do some kind of processing with us. I remember sitting on the elevator, and I looked at the cop's taser, and I was like, that's a cool taser. Like, you know, I'm 15, yeah, man. Yeah, am not a kid. I'm not even realizing what I'm, what I'm about to go through. You know Is
0: there an option for bail at all?
1: And uh, so there was an option for bail. Um but but the cop actually uh so take us th- okay, I'll 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 make this part quick. They took us to the police station and then they took us to Schumann Center and that's like the juvenile detention center. Yeah. So we get there and uh once we go to go in to like uh get placed there that whoever was sitting at intake looked at our paperwork and said, we can't accept them. They're being tried as an adult. And my boy looked at me and he said, yo, look, you ready for this? Because we're going to the county. You know what I mean? It's you're like, years you're old. not going mm-hmm. to, shoot, You're not going to the juvenile detention center. And that, that, was, that was crazy. Like that right there. That was the whole transition. What were
0: your charges exactly?
1: So armed robbery, conspiracy to armed robbery, and uh, inflict body, bodily harm.
0: And these are all felonies.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, of course, the armed robbery and the uh, the conspiracy to armed robbery. But it's crazy how that went too, right? Because like, okay, so since they were all they they were felonies and all that, they didn't get a gun. They didn't find a gun. So like, since they didn't find a gun, we were so young to where, like, it was just, it was a shit show for them, in a sense, because, like, we shouldn't have really been placed, because there's, like, no, like, evidence there, you know what I mean, and it's, like, it was just, it it was weird how, like, that really worked out, in a sense, and I really think that, like, the cop, I don't know if I can say his name or not, you could delete it, but Officer Squares, uh, he actually, like, I remember him saying, like, I see a lot of myself in you when I was a kid. Like, he was a trouble, trouble kid. Yeah. You know? So, like, I don't know, like, if he had anything to do with, like, how things worked out or whatever. But he ended up getting arrested for being a dirty cop <laughs> later on down the road. Wow. But that was crazy. Did too. you
0: end up getting bail?
1: Uh, so, after... Four months, I spent my 16th birthday locked up. In the county jail? In the county, yeah. So what's like the
0: county like for a 15-year-old kid? You're put in with, they didn't separate you.
1: No. They, they put you
0: with full-grown adults? Yeah. How are people treating you?
1: So whenever we first went in there, uh, we went up to, you know, PC at first, up on- uh, Protective custody. Protective custody at first. They took our shoelaces from us, took everything from us. And, you know, it was me and my friend in the same cell um we were locked in there and then they let us out once they let us out we were like uh you know we were on that pod i think it was 6f 7f we were on that pod for like maybe like four days but that's the pod with like the killers and this and that nobody really like up on that pod nobody really paid us that much attention because we were so young they just had no business really messing with us you know what i mean at that at that point as i could remember because like it wasn't really like it just felt like I'm a very adaptable person. So like, I'm not sitting there scared. I'm not nervous. I'm not like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not thinking of the worst or anything like that. I'm just going with the flow.
0: What's the sleeping situation like? Are you guys in cells? Are you in a dorm? Cells. Cells, and you're locked in all day?
1: Yeah, so so we're in cells. We're are you guys celled up together? On protective custody. Yeah, are you cell so, up together? Yeah, we're celled up together, and we're locked in the whole day. Oh, wow. We're locked in the whole day for, like, I think it was, like, five days. And that was weird because, you know, you're sitting there with one of your best friends, shitting and pissing next to each other. You know, sharing a cell like that is kind of just like
0: did it feel real like that you're
1: actually in jail uh it didn't it did, but it didn't because I remember my first dream that I had uh while in jail was that I was free, and then I woke up and I was in jail.
0: Do you think your mindset changed at all like you grew up in that moment that this was like the scared straight program like this 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 hit you like you don't want to go on to any more bullshit after this?
1: yeah, it's funny you say that because I remember my stepdad when I was younger, he said uh you're so fucking hard-headed. Uh, you're going to end up in jail just like your dad. Uh, you should be on that Scared Straight program. But I, I, it wasn't the Scared Straight program. It was the real deal. Yeah. So, like, you know what I mean? But, like, I didn't feel like, back to your question, though, I didn't really feel that it was, like, not that it was real or that it wasn't real. It was just kind of like I was just, like, going with the flow.
0: Yeah. When you finally get out of like um, the shoe or solitary, are you when you're in general population, do you see like a lot of violence in the county jail?
1: So, yeah, once we got out of there, uh, they took us down to uh, to 2E. Once we walked into 2E, um, I remember walking in. This was this was one of the parts that probably like emotionally stuck with me just because of the feeling that I had whenever it happened, because, you know, how emotions can like stay in you. At times, unless you, like, really get them out. Like, you won't even notice them sometimes. Yeah. Um, We're going to walk in, and everybody's pounding on their door. Put them in my cell, CEO Fresh Meat. Put them in my cell. I'm looking at Ev like, yo, bro, what are we about to be getting into? You know what I mean? Like, because now we're getting settled in, settled in. Like, before we were just, like, protective custody. Okay, now we're out for a couple days, and now we're getting settled into our new home. And... Once we got in there, I mean, like everybody said that and did all that, right? But like, there was like a there was like a mutual respect thing because we were so young.
0: Did they know you what know? your charges were?
1: Uh, no, but I'm sure that there was. Nah, there wasn't really even much talk about it. There was a little bit of talk. Like I, I connected with a couple people. Um, I, I actually began to become like very active on the pod, like playing spades. Uh, I was. Uh, running around, uh, just connecting with everybody. You know, I was listening to people's stories, but People these are were like talking. grown
0: men. That grown you're like, men. I, it's, I think it's crazy that they put a 15 year old kid in general population with guys that are like 40 years old and you're just out there to fend for yourself. Yeah. So what do you, do you have to develop like a prison hustle? Cause you didn't really come from money or anything. So how are you making money inside this County jail?
1: So What happened was is my mom was actually, like, putting money on my books. Like, she wasn't completely, like, poor, but we were poor. You know what I mean? It's like she had a job she went through school for and everything like that. But, like, we were were poor because that's after the divorce. Whenever they had a divorce, I lived in Ohio uh, for, like, two years. My mom got a settlement for breaking her ankle. We moved to Ohio, thought that we were out of the ghetto, thought that it was going to be, like, a new start, you know, And, uh, of course, I I linked up with the bad kids. Um, But we up and left one day. So, like, my stepdad was, like, real, like, heavy on, like, uh, you know, just uh, not bashing me. But, like, he was just, like, always, there was always something that he had to say. So, like, I remember my mom saying, like, just give me the word. If you want to leave, and we'll leave. We'll pack your bags. I was 12 years old. So, like, at that point, like, and I've already developed a lot of friends. I was I was very popular because, you know, the city kid moves to, like, a decent, like, place in a sense. You know what I mean? It's, like, everybody was cool, but we just up and left. So, like, we were just, like, gone, you know? Yeah. And that, and that was kind of crazy, too, because, like, that was around Christmas. So, like, that really had an effect on everything else, too, because that's whenever I lost that stepdad f- father figure and then, you know— got thrown back into the mix. And whenever I came home from Ohio, everybody welcomed me with open hugs. So now everybody's a little bit older than they were before I left when they were smoking weed at 10. And it was just like, it was just on from there. But back to your question, my bad, I didn't mean to do that. It just kind of connected in with what you were saying. What was you saying? Oh, about what
0: if you had to have a prison hustle or not?
1: So, so yeah, I didn't have to have a prison hustle. Um, There was a couple inmates that looked out for me. Like the one inmate, a tall white guy, like real cool laid back. Uh, he gave me an extra cot so that I could double up. Cause you know, the the real thin mattresses that they give you. Yeah. So I had a, two mattresses. I had a top bunk. Um one guy gave gave me a radio. He looked out. So it's like really crazy too, right? Because yeah, like you would think out, that yeah. like, you know, but like how it shapes you though. Like that that's where like how it shapes you afterwards. You know what I mean? It's still like that's still like very bad for like such a young child to go through
0: how are the officers treating you as this 15 year old kid in the county jail
1: so the officers officers were like i didn't really have like too too many conversations with the officers wise like they they were kind of just like laid back they just minded their business um i remember the one officer my one Selly, uh he was an italian guy he's probably like 50 55 years old and that's crazy too right the age difference between a 15 year old and and a fifty, like you should, bro. The door is locked. Once the door is locked at night, you know what I mean. Like anything could happen. Like, mm-hmm. but uh, he he used to be a he would be a, uh, he was a worker. So since he was a worker on the pod, the door used to be allowed to be open. So I remember they actually let me out the one time to sit and watch TV out there. And I remember people looking outside of their cells, like like really. But like they weren't like mad. You know what I'm saying. But like the COs were kind of like laid back in a sense. But like it was. St- it was still rough. I'm pulling like the good out of it. I remember seeing the one cell was filled with blood from the one fight, um, which was real crazy. Uh, there was a couple fights on the pods over food as well. Um, but like I wasn't in the mix of that, but I seen that. And I remember the rumor going around the one guy hung himself from the top bar, you know, and like,
0: it's all crazy shit, All like. crazy stuff. What man. about like the food? What's the food like in a County jail?
1: Oh, uh, the food, man, that, that, that was, that was different.
0: I know, like, in the federal system, everyone says county jail's the worst. So how, how bad was it? Oh, uh,
1: the county jail food was bad. What are they serving? The county, uh, they called it the, the big sausages. They called them the donkey, whatever, donkey dicks or yeah. something like that. But, like, nasty just, like, it looked like sludge almost. It just looked like they just scoop, boom, you know, and it's, like, potatoes. I don't even remember. I just remember it being, like, nasty. Yeah. You know?
0: So you are able to get out after the four months on bail or whatever. How does your case get resolved? How does this situation come to a close?
1: So this was my first offense. So how this unraveled was, is my boy that was with me, he's already been in trouble a few times. I think that they took into account, now I could be wrong, um, they took into account that, you know, we were so young, my mom, she probably could have done something, because, like, we should have been on our own pod, right? Like, there should there should have been a juvenile pod down there, and I don't know if there was, like, something behind that or something like that, but I remember I ended up getting house arrest, restitution. Uh, my mom ended up getting me a, an attorney, so, like, that probably helped out, you know, because of the age, um, and I was on probation for, like, I think, like, Four years or something like that. So you didn't get any years. more jail time? I didn't or get any more time. jail time. But I do remember that they, they needed me for to come to Schumann to do something, and then they they took me in, and they maybe stayed here for like three days or something like that.
0: Now, was this the last time you ever get in trouble? No,
1: not at all. So That, you could, that was the beginning. So this
0: was like your wake-up call. Well, like this was supposed to be your wake-up call. You had this one offense. It didn't turn out too bad. Like you only got a few months and then house arrest and probation. You get out, you're on probation. How does it get worse? How does that just become the start of, your, of, of the, the crime, I guess?
1: So it, it kind of like, okay, so whenever I was released from the county jail, um, there was nobody to pick me up out front because nobody knew that I was getting released. The first thing I did was walk across the bridge, the city bridge, as a free child, went to my friend's house, and his aunt went and got us a case of beer, and we were smoking weed. So it's like right back into like you know what I mean, and it so, all stems
0: from the people you're hanging out with. Yeah,
1: yep, yep, and that's exactly what it is, you know. And then you know it was right back to breaking into cars, and it was it was just back into like the flow of things, and then you get older.
0: You're not thinking at all, like, hey, I just did this. I got a felony on my record. If I get caught again, I'm screwed.
1: I think I think the the thing with that is is that like. I wasn't punished enough for it, you know what I'm saying? Like, since I got off so easy, and I just kind of just, like, I didn't really feel like it was, like, I don't know. See, and that's, that shouldn't have been going through my head at that young neither, you know what I'm saying? Like, that should have, like, really straightened me out in a sense. But I do remember getting out of there and, and the high school telling me that they can't accept me because I was child as an adult, and that was really weird, too. Did so you ever like,
0: get to finish high school?
1: No, I ended up dropping because I ended up, uh, going through homeschool after that, um, because they wouldn't accept me in, and then my mom fought that, and then they ended up letting me back in because the cases, uh, everything got, like, uh, dropped down, um, however that went, and, uh, let me back in. I didn't have enough credits to transfer over because instead of doing homeschool, I was running around smoking weed, selling weed, doing all that, and, uh, Didn't have enough credits, and they told me that I was going to have to repeat uh, that grade. And with repeating that grade, I was like, I'm better off just dropping out. So my mom actually signed me out of high school. So I think I was like 16 at that point. And and that was was different, too, because whenever that happened— so I, I even remember with high school, I was running around selling weed around the hallways. Like, that was my thing. I was always selling something. I was always hustling little something. little entrepreneur. Yeah, that was my thing. It was like I always have my hands on something, doing something to make some money. And uh, I remember getting patted down by, you know, getting called out of home room and patted down by uh, the, the principal and the security guard. And they're searching me. And he's saying, why is your heart beating like you got a gun on you? And I literally got an ounce of weed separately bagged up underneath my underwear, tucked under. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, I'm, my heart's beating because I'm in the office with you and, and you, you know what I mean? And it's like, but I had something on me and I always had something on me. And uh, but yeah, after after school.
0: Do you get caught anymore? Like, do you do any more jail time or what, what happens like in the coming years?
1: See, so there's so much in between there, right? Because, like, I bought two shotguns off of my boy that got ended up getting killed previously to that. And my one boy, we're at his house, and this guy shows up with a bag of guns, we're like 16. You know? So, like, I've already had a 9mm multiple weapons, I had a 380, 357. Uh, My one boy's 357 that he sold to my other boy. He shot somebody in the head with it, and uh, he ended up doing life. Um, But leading up to, like, all that, my second, like, running, I was doing my thing and uh, selling out of my house, in and out, in and out, in and out. Had some weapons in the house.
0: And how old are you at this point?
1: At this point, this is—I was 18, so there was a big gap there. That's why I was trying to like fill in the gap a little bit because there was so much that came through all that, you know, like just like selling drugs. I remember yeah. I remember shooting guns in the Grandview Park at 16. I remember being served 40s at the beer distributor at 16. Yeah, I remember rolling up weed in the back of Paisano's. So that first time you got caught really just spiraled everything. It spiraled everything. I started crushing windows instead of just checking car door handles. We were breaking because. The, the people I was with were older, so they were showing us how to pop the car windows with the screwdriver. I stole my first car at 16, and I tried to keep it.
0: That's crazy how it all escalated when it should have been like a wake-up call if you just had someone to say, hey, you know, you need to get your fucking life on track.
1: Yeah. So
0: what, what happens then? Do you, get, do you go back to jail?
1: So uh, my host got ran up in. I heard a knock. Uh, heard a knock on the door. Nobody, you know, was supposed to be coming through. So, so, who is it? No answer. So, my mind started thinking, and it was actually Thanksgiving, the night before Thanksgiving, we were drinking Hennessy. So, we're all messed up. Like, I'm bottling, counting my money from all the money that I made that day, checking my pockets, getting everything together. It's like 12 o'clock. I'm always the last one to go to sleep, you know what I mean? Take cat naps, But uh, I didn't have my gun on me. And uh, so, the knock on the door, and I was thinking, and then I was like, oh, yeah, maybe that's what's. That was supposed to come through, right? So I go to open the door. Next thing you know, I got a gun to my hip. They're trying to get in. So, like, now I'm thinking, like, now I'm like, okay, it's about to go down. Like, there ain't no backing out at this point. You know what I'm saying? It's like something's about to happen. So it's like, okay, I could either stay here. I don't got a gun on me right now. I could either stay here with the with the risk of, you know, not only them taking everything, but just, like, you know, you don't know what's going to happen in a situation, right? So it's like, so instinct-wise, I try to, try to run. Pushing the door back, they're pushing in two older dudes. It's always older people. I was always, like, you know, like, around older people, like, or there's always older people. But, boom, try to push in the door, push back, push back. They make their way in. So first thing that clicked in my mind was, like, okay, I'm going to go out the front, but if I go out the front, there might be somebody waiting for me out the front with a gun. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what's about to happen. So I dip out the front, so now I'm out the house. So I'm like, all right, cool. So now that I'm out the house, I'm like, all right, they know that I I got guns. So they might think that, you know, I might pop around the corner or something like that. So they ended up going in there. I hear two shots in the back alley. I run back to the house, and the next thing you know, about like 12 to 13 police cars. On my street, lined up front and back, going through going through everything. So I got robbed, and then the cops came.
0: And they arrested
1: how does that how does that work? Yeah, and they arrested me. So
0: what did you get arrested on?
1: We're sitting there intent to deliver. Uh, they found O sheets. They found bullets. They didn't find no guns because so whenever I felonies. yeah whenever I got whenever I went back to the house, I gave everything that I could find to so my boys. Told them to leave. Yeah. It just dipped out, you know?
0: And uh, what are you facing at this point, like, when they arrest you?
1: See, the, and, and that's weird, too. And this is why, like, by the grace of God, like, there was always something looking over me. Because, like, there was times where, like, I've gotten out of some crazy situations. Like, a police raid with weed on me. And then I leave the police raid and I go sell weed down the street. You know what I mean? Like, how does that happen? So, like, in this situation, for instance, like... Boom, we're sitting on the, on the couch. They're like, "Where's the guns? Where's the guns?" I got this uh, this roommate next to me. He's crying. You know, tell him where the guns are. I'm like, "What are you, what are you talking about?" You know, so so bang, get arrested, and uh, Thanksgiving.
0: Did they let you out on bond when you? Yeah, announced? I got
1: I got bailed out.
0: So you got bailed out. How does this like yeah. case get resolved?
1: Uh, it's crazy because they took ten grand off me. Mm-hmm. They took they took ten grand off me. I'm not sure if that was marked down or not, though. That, that, that's weird. And a couple other things. And it got marked down to disorderly conduct.
0: It got the whole case got marked down to a disorderly yeah, conduct. Yeah, because they
1: didn't have guns. They didn't get no guns. Yeah. They had an O sheet. I had an attorney, too. So I still had some money. So
0: you never did jail time for this?
1: So no, but I, I was down there. So like, I didn't do jail time for that. Yeah. You and know? was
0: this the last time you ever commit like a crime?
1: That's whenever I was like, okay, I need to change. That's why, when I was that, me. Why was That's when it call. hit
0: me. That was the wake up call because I was tired of it. And because I guess because it could have been worse? Yeah. You're thinking, wow, I really got a second chance. Like I could have, it could have been a lot worse, this situation.
1: It could have been a lot worse. Not only that, like... It was on my mind. Okay, I either change what I'm doing, or I go find the people that did this with a gun.
0: And how old are you when when this this? Thing that's
1: happened? when. That's when I was 18. At that point,
0: you're 18. You have this realization. You never look back since. Like it's been on the straight and arrow.
1: No, I wouldn't say that. But that is that. That's when I had like I've just been through so much shit to where I was like I'm. I've had enough of it. And like ever since I was younger, like I knew that I always wanted a family. Right. And I knew that, you know, I always wanted to make a lot of money. And I now that I'm eighteen, whenever I was younger, whenever I think about making a lot of money, you think that doing this stuff's gonna make you a lot of money. It's not. Yeah. You know, it's really not. You gotta do something bigger than that. Like you yeah. gotta do something different than that.
0: What do you do next? Do you go finish school? I have a kid. You have a kid? And did that keep you on like the stray and arrow, I guess? Did that ground you, give you something to like have hope for, I guess?
1: Yeah. And it that did.
0: reevaluated your life.
1: I still bought a forty after that, though. I still had a gun after that.
0: <laughs> you still had a gun, but you never went back to like that crime life. Yeah, what for were protection.
1: You do- That's all it was. What before, were you doing for work? Uh, I was working at uh, Primani Brothers on the south side. Okay, what's making that? Making cool slow. It's like a Pittsburgh uh, sandwich place. Like they're famous for their uh, Permane sandwiches. It's like yeah. French fries, cool slow, all that. I guess whatever. But yeah, I was working down there.
0: Staying out of trouble? Staying out of trouble. Were you more cautious of who you were hanging out with at this point? That's a good question.
1: Yeah, I was. I was. I started distancing myself. I started to get more in tune with myself and less in tune with the environment. And uh, I think that that really helped me because whenever I had a kid on the way and, uh, and things weren't really working out between me and my firstborn's mom, and, uh, things kind of went like a little sideways, but, and then I met my wife now we've been together for 10 years since I was 20 That's and great. that was the, that was the, the like, blessing you needed, the blessing. Like the, did she, she helped
0: ground you, like keep you on track and, and keep yes. you on the straight and arrow. Yeah, she did. So you haven't committed like any crimes since that last one.
1: No, that, that, I think that was like the end for me.
0: How's your relationship now with like your family, your mother, your siblings,
1: it's, it's good, you know, because, you know, once I got out of that lifestyle, I've, I realized that I I was able to change my reality, you know? So I I got out of that lifestyle and I got into sales and I started selling legal things, right?
0: (laughs) What you're good at. You took your strength, what you're good at, and you put it into something good. Yeah. I mean, that's so important. I mean, I look at me like, my passion was always like nightclub entertainment and stuff. And that led me into some trouble. So now I just put that passion, drive and energy into what I do now. Like, I think that we all have like positive, good traits about us. And if you could take that and drive it into something, then you find your purpose. And that essentially brings you on a hundred percent. That's great that you you were able to find that. Are you cautious now, like thinking back to the past year, what your relationship was like was or lack of with your father? Do you make sure that with your child now, it's not that
1: same dynamic? So what I've learned over the time is like, I've really learned to understand people, right? I used to hold it against them, you know? And like, I used to like blame everything, everybody else and everything around me. And then I started like taking full responsibility and taking accountability, you know? And I started to learn to like, but yet I am more like trying to do things for my kids that weren't weren't there for me necessarily to where, like, I'm trying to, I want I want to be there to support them and to guide them. For instance, right, my 13-year-old, like, I wanted him to have an aim. I think that it's important for you to have an aim in life, right? Something that you're working towards, because that's what I didn't have, neither. I didn't have an aim. I didn't have goals. I didn't even know about goals. They didn't teach us values. They didn't teach us financial literacy, anything. They didn't really, like, there was nothing really there. They just teach you to, like, be a worker. So, like, I guess from all my experiences, I'm able to, like, use that entrepreneurial spirit that I have, and it rubs off on my kids. Like, for instance, you know, uh, my 9-year-old Jordan, he was talking about, you know, he wants to be a vet. So, you know, I tell him, you know, instead of being a vet, why don't you do something that can make an impact, you know, on a much bigger scale? So, like, I just like leveling up that mindset and then, like, the encouragement. I think encouragement is huge. I think a lot of us lack encouragement, and I think that that's encouragement builds confidence. And confidence, you know, with an aim, then you could achieve anything that you that that you think that you could wish. Yeah. Have been. you
0: gotten the chance to have that conversation with your kids, like, about your mistakes, and said, like, these are the mistakes I made as your father, and, like, I don't want you to follow down that path?
1: I have, but, like, briefly. Like, I don't want to get, like, too deep into it with them, because, like with doing that you spark something inside of them right so for instance my 13 year old he wants to play grand theft auto he wants to do this and he wants to do that i understand you're you're a kid you know what i mean and like i played grand theft auto growing up but like look what at the impact that that had on me you know what i mean and like just all that stuff so like i'm more strict but i'm more like it's not even that i'm strict i'm just trying to I'm trying to move up, not down. Yeah. So, you know what I'm saying? It, like with rap music, for instance, right? Like what it projects on these kids nowadays is like violence and like shooting and like killing. Like, I listened to Young Jeezy and I started selling drugs. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, and then little Boozy, you start robbing people. It's like, yeah. I feel like music has or sound has a big part to play in, in, in a lot of things too. It's like it conditions your mind because your mind's very powerful.
0: Now, like, God forbid your kids make. Uh, the same mistakes that you did when you were their age, how would you navigate that situation, knowing what you know now?
1: If one of my kids was the, I'd have, I've had, I would have an understanding in a sense, but I would, I would take the responsibility of like, what did I do, you know, to where like cause this, like where was I not, at in their life or like so do you
0: think like you're more aware now unlike when you didn't have that father figure you're more aware of their actions to make sure that they don't travel down that
1: yeah for sure for sure and I feel like to be conscious of all that is is very important too and
0: I mean everything you've been through has made you like a better father I know like I want kids one day and the day I have kids and and obviously it's going to be a big part of who I am like sharing my experiences with them so they don't make those mistakes and so they know like who their father is and why the way he is because of his like past mistakes they never really leave you like those mistakes are always there but you use that kind of like as a fuel and a direction to like navigate your life so i like i know like as someone that doesn't have kids yet but wants kids like i i look forward like that's something i actively think about now if you could look at like your 15-year-old self right now mm-hmm. and have a conversation with that 15-year-old self, what would you say to him?
1: I would tell him to uh, be a leader. Be a leader, not a follower. And you think being the follower was like the root of all your issues? I think a lot of us are followers uh, without realizing it. You know, because we tend to just like, we all have those leadership qualities, but it's like you got to pull those. Some, somebody either has to pull those out of you or you got to pull them out of yourself. And doing it alone is hard especially being a young kid. But yeah, due to, you know, following, I believe that that that's where, that's where like it, there's an issue that lies with that for sure. It's.
0: So like, what's next for you? What, what do you want to do? Like, what's your goals? What's your aspirations?
1: So my goal right now is I've been so consumed, right? And that's kind of hard because it takes a toll on you whenever you're so consumed because you get disconnected in a sense. And like that, that, love and joy it's like a sense of it is absent from you in a sense you know what i'm saying because like it's a lonely road bro especially when you don't got like friends or anything like that because you had kids so young and then all your friends what they did you got to find a new group you got to find a new community um and that's hard by itself and then just managing a household and all that you know what i mean so like my ultimate goal is to you know be as close as i can with you know my kids my children my family and to uh I really want to improve the quality of life around for the, I, I really want to improve the quality of life for those around me and those closest to my heart for real. You know what I mean? And I want to help. I, I've always had a heart and that, that's the, that's the problem that we're like that I have with myself is like, why'd you do those things? Right. Cause I've always had a heart. Like I've always like had good intentions, but I was out there doing, that's where I said that like, I was aware of my wrongdoings, but I wasn't aware of like my awareness of who I was. And now I, I know who I am and I look back um, 'Cause I feel like self reflection is very important. And you um, found to your, move like, forward. your identity now. Yeah, and I found that and, and and I'm not even saying that, you know, I've completely found it, right? Because it's a process. You yeah. know what I mean? So like I'm <sighs> I mean, we're all learning and growing yeah. daily, you know? But yeah. at least
0: like now you have like that purpose and I think you use your pain, you use that as like a motivator and you use that it's to a crazy do good. drive. Because you don't know how powerful it is to share your experiences of pain. You don't know who you can effect yeah like people listening watching this right now like they could hear a story like yours and if they're young they could think wow i'm making those same mistakes let me not end up like that or wow i don't want my kids to follow down that path or wow you know change is possible so like you can be affecting even if what you feel like you're doing now is small it's bigger once you're just sharing your story and putting it out there because it gives people hope in that sense
1: yep yep and that's and that's uh the ultimate goal to the long term it's like i, I want to inspire people to where like, you know, your environment uh, doesn't determine your destiny because a lot of people are just moving subconsciously and they they have the power to change that. And it comes with mindset. Like you got to actually want it, but you got to know what you want. So sometimes you got to look back into your childhood and just find out what you liked. And like, I've always wanted a kid named Jordan. I got a kid named Jordan. I always wanted a kid named Mitchell. I got a kid named Mitchell. You know what I mean? Like I've always like wanted a family. I got a family. So you could like really manifest this stuff and it's not like manifest whatever like law of attraction but you could really like you just got to find what you wanted and now that I've realized that now right now I have everything that I wanted right Yeah So now it's like And you get what you put into it man. Yeah
0: Like if you want that good relationship you can't be a piece of shit Exactly you can't, you can't not put in effort it doesn't come to you you can't like I say this all the time you want to lose weight you can't say I want to lose weight and not do anything you want to keep a good girl around. You can't not put in the effort and, and be an asshole. So yep. it's just things like that. You know, it's it mindset's everything. It's so powerful.
1: And I think that values have a very like large role to play there, right? Is having that value system like at your core. That way you stand on your values. Like if I could send a message to like younger kids or whatever, you know, teenagers, like have some sense of like, have your values written down. Like what do you stand on? What will you stand on? Like rather it be loyalty, rather it be honesty, Right. Um, rather be like all these things that that way like because you know it, it helps you define you in a sense you know what i'm saying and like write down your strengths and weaknesses too like write down your strengths like find go within
0: definitely man well jesse thank you for coming on the show today it was great talking to you i i wish you the best in like your future endeavors um and, and you know rooting for you and everything's to come where i'm sure there'll be more setbacks as there is for all of us on our journey, but just keep pushing through and just remember where you came from on the path and, you know, excited for you, man. And I wish you the best.
1: Thank you for having me. Of course.